Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, as always, good to see you. You as well. I'm, I'm excited for you. You sent me a text message, sent our group a text message yes. yesterday. Are you guys out golfing? enjoying what looks like unbelievable weather out there. I'm just, I'm stoked for you that you're out doing something you love. You talked about maybe walking a little bit more. Yeah, no. So we just thing you guys are committing to or what? Yeah, no. So we decided to, uh, walk on the golf course. Most of the time, obviously tournaments, things like that. will we'll take a cart, but, um, my wife, Hannah actually makes fun of me because I have, I have a push cart. And she's like, wait, you're, you're not old enough to have one of those. I'm like, look, if it gets me to the point where I'm willing to walk, this is what I need right now. I'm willing to take that pride shot. If you think, you know, whatever. So it's, it's kind of funny. She carries her bag. I push my bag. But if you know us, uh, you know that I am, makes not, a lot of sense, I am not, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I'm not too proud to be that guy that is pushing while his wife is carrying her bag. So. You said something that we actually touch on in this episode. You are willing to walk if you get the push cart. We touch on that willingness being a huge problem or necessity, I guess, when taking on new tasks or trying to start or engage in something. Again, uh, really cool conversation we got to have today. Yeah. And I, the thing that I love about this too, is we've done this now for a hundred and fill in the blank episodes. And, and a lot of the time, Jamie, we have talked about awareness being the foundation of everything that we do. And it absolutely is. What I love about this conversation is it, it really goes a couple layers, another layer for sure, deeper to, yes, you got to become aware. And now how do you become in control of your response? And I love, I love that we have Stephanie Hale on today, who's the mental skills coach, uh, one of three mental skills coaches in the Seattle Mariners organization, cool conversation and could have talked to her for hours. Um, we will have her back on the podcast at some point. She already committed to that. So Stephanie, when you listen, remember that you said you're coming back. Absolutely. And, and you're right. Like just a, just a super compelling conversation from, from our perspective, but I think just a lot that every listener out there can glean some, some tangible things that we can do and use. I'm, you know, you guys are, are committing to walking again on the golf course. I have decided I'm going to run again. You know, I tore my meniscus last October. And so there's been a little bit of a hesitation for me to get back out and run. Now the weather's kind of changing here in Minnesota and I have an opportunity. I said, okay, I'm back in, I'm committing to it. But the thing that I'm realizing is like, I better go slow. I better take it, kind of have this awareness, right, of what's going to allow me to be successful in this moment. And then let's layer in, right? Let's go a little bit lighter early. Let's constantly be checking in, right? So yesterday I went a mile and a half. Today I went a mile and three quarter. Tomorrow I'm probably going to have to back that off just knowing what I know about my body is I'm probably going to deal with a lot of soreness two days out. That's pretty typical of me. So tomorrow my plan already is, a little bit less, you know, think about, and Stephanie talks about this in the conversation, what works for you, right? And then how is it going, right? So know from the beginning, what works for you? I know my body is 
two days is a lot sore than the next day, right? Day one is not as bad as day two. So I now know I have to plan for that and prep for that. Okay. Now tomorrow comes and I feel good. Guess what? I'm probably going to go a little bit farther, right? I know my, my initial plan is X. If it's, if it's better, go more. If it's worse, go less, but I'm, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. I'm going to go and engage with it and learn something about it, you know? And, and, I think that's something I took from this conversation is like, okay, just keep checking in, keep understanding who you are, what you need, try it, assess, try again. I think the, the other thing that I'm excited for listeners, as you get into this conversation, she talks about intentionally choosing to do something that's uncomfortable, right? And we talk about that a lot, but she takes it to that next step of choosing to do that in whatever version, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be this huge challenge. What they do is only a minute, a one, one minute challenge. One minute to teach yourself the skill then to be able to respond in the future when you face that stressor. So we got infinitely better today. You will get better. Get your notepad ready to go. Stephanie Hale, here we go. We now welcome on Stephanie Hale. Seattle Mariners mental skills coach, Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. This has been a long time coming. We've gone back and forth. Schedules haven't lined up. And now we are finally in that spot where we, we got you and we're excited to have you here. Man, I'm excited to be here. It does seem like it's been a while. Started talking back in spring training. That schedule doesn't lend itself to much anything other than baseball, but happy to finally be here. And thank you guys for having me on. Speak to that a little bit. You mentioned spring training. That's probably my biggest curiosity in your role specifically because spring training is this chaotic time, up and down, hopes, dreams, crushed, fulfilled, all this stuff like has to be a wild time. What do you do during the spring specifically? It's a great question. And, you know, heading into my well, I guess I'm in my second year now, but this spring getting ready to head into my second spring, it looked a little bit different than we even did it last year. And there's ways that we're always trying to figure out what's going to be the best fit based on who's there. Obviously the spring training was a little different with the big leagues coming later with all the lockout issues and trying to get that settled. Um, and then last year it looked even different because we were coming out of COVID. And so it's like, I haven't had a quote unquote normal spring training. Um, but we roll with it. And so this year, really what it looked like with the group of mental skills coaches that we had, there's three of us that currently work for the Mariners org. And we really wanted to put an emphasis on trying to create more experience for players to really understand the skills that they're using and apply them um, rather than just primarily have it be in like a formal meeting space or a classroom type session. And not to say that that's not useful, but I think it one is really hard logistically just based on space and the amount of players that we have in the complex. And then just thinking about like most people in general, I think learn better from an experience where they know what it feels like, what it seems like, how their response was helpful, not helpful. And then being able to build off of that group experience, but could also be an individual experience. And then the other aspect of what we wanted to do was try to create some ownership of like the players that really wanted it and needed it. Um, we try to provide some education around what we're doing in the mornings, but it's up to you guys to do it. We might follow up and say, Hey, have you tried this yet? But for the most part, it was on them to come try it out. And essentially what we did was offer them almost a menu spread type things really in the morning, thinking about like what would be best for them to get started. And we were like, how can we get them understanding that like, 
your mindset, you get your body ready every day to prepare. And then you're very aware of it during your performance and whatnot. How can we treat mindset the same way? And so we basically set up, uh, I guess you could call it stations. It wasn't that formal, but um, options for them to be able to come out in the mornings and either get in an ice tub, go on a mindful walk, do some breath work on the turf. And then if they needed some individual work, they could reach out to us individually and we would figure out who would, who would take who or who had the best relationship and go from there. And by far the most popular thing was actually ended up being the cold tubs in the morning. And it started with like two guys coming out. So we're sitting out there for an hour every morning and we got two guys coming out. Um, but by the end of the spring, just from either enough players catching on, finding a lot of use in it, um, enjoying that experience, talking to other players that then got them to come out. I mean, we were probably going anywhere from 20 to 30 guys in the tubs each morning. And so it kind of spread. And then we obviously had some guys that were still doing like their mindfulness work, whether it was a walk or if they wanted to do some breathing mechanics work out on the turf in front of our complex. Like we basically just set it up. We got some guys who would just come sit on the turf and journal, but we basically created a lot of opportunities for them to just be curious, ask questions, dive into experiences. I think we had maybe two formal meetings all spring training. Um, and it seemed to be a really good spot and a really beneficial thing for kind of the way that we work, our processes, our philosophies throughout the org. It was just a thing that was easy to tie back and say, this is why it's helpful in terms of getting your mind ready, but this is also how it helps you in the box, on the mound, et cetera. I love how you talked about, hey, we want to give them exper experiential learning essentially in this moment, because so often we talk about mental skills and I do it. We're all guilty of it where we talk about it in a classroom, slideshow, video, the whole thing. And then it's like, yeah, that's great. But if I don't know how that feels, I don't know what that looks like. I saw a quote the other day. I think it was Hannah Huseman who we've had on who works for the, the Rangers. Um, she said, you know, most of the time should be spent on how to do mental skills, not what is the mental skill that you need. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's so much of what you're talking about there. You talked about the cold tubs. So just talk us through, like, what are you, what are you doing with the players in those times and, and how are you setting that up for them? Yeah. So the cold tubs is something that we've started to utilize a lot more throughout the last year, but has caught on a lot more since we started spring training. And of course the use for it is a little bit different in the morning. I think a lot of guys tend to know it as like, okay, recovery, get in at the end of the day. Like if your body's not feeling good, there's this physical component. But when we were talking about it from like a mindset perspective and especially like getting ready for your day, there were a couple key things we had to consider some things we educated ourselves on um, in terms of getting guys to get out there one to give themselves psychologically something challenging to do. Like there were some mornings where it was, this probably doesn't sound very cold to some of you that aren't living it as warm of climates, but it would be 45, 50 degrees out. And we're like, it's windy. And we're telling you, no, you're going to get in a nice tub. That's 40 degrees. Like, you know, there was some understandable hesitancy, maybe a little bit of discomfort and fear of having to get in, but giving them one, something challenging to do. And two, when they get in, our bodies are naturally going to have this stress response of like, we lose our breath, we get accelerated heart rate, we have to be able to find control. And that was really the big psychological component of doing the ice tubs in the morning is, okay, you're only in here for a minute. We're putting you in there for a minute because your body's going to get ready to go without actually slowing down. We don't want to get you to that parasympathetic state, but we want you to be able to find control once you do have that sympathetic stress response. So being able to utilize their breathing strategically and understand that like 
your body can be telling you something like, Hey, get out. I don't want to be here. This isn't comfortable. And that our body's going to do that in a stressful situation because it's trying to protect us. However, we have the ability to control our state, utilizing our breath and get it to a spot where we choose to do something uncomfortable and we can get back to the plan that we've prepared to handle that situation. So that was a huge component for us. The, the physiological benefits are, you know, your mind, your nervous system, your body is more alert, awake, ready to go to start the day. They're only in there for a minute. So they're not getting too tight or tense or anything. And then they get a little bit of that dopamine push that gets them ready to start the day, motivated to get, get after it. Man, I love it. I like, yeah, John's going, that's awesome stuff. And it is, I love that the thing that you said, right. You put your body in a situation that requires your mind to take control which is exactly replicated in a high stress environment like athletics, right? You know, we have their outcome specific outcome driven sort of processes, right? We in the mental side want to want to focus on the specifics of the details in the process, but it's impossible as an athlete to ignore the outcome sometimes, right? I mean, you're just driven towards an outcome and as a professional, you're driven towards an outcome because it, directly related to your future wealth or well-being. And so you want to be able to manage that moment, right? No matter what it is, you have a a response, a stress response in your body. That's going to happen on the mound, in the batter's box, you know, pick your sport, pick your place. It's there. What are you challenging them to think about in that minute? I'm so curious about this how do we connect the breath and the thought to the stressor? Yeah, man, there's, there's a couple different ways that we did this. And it also evolved based on the individual, based on how much experience they had with it. Like if there were some players that did this pretty frequently in the past, or they started doing it in spring training. So by the end of that six weeks, we wanted to add some variety or be able to make it, um, more useful or build off of the skills that they were already kind of starting to have a foundation with. A lot of it was like, if guys come out for the first time, honestly, a lot of it was kind of an awareness piece. Um, To be, to be quite blunt, there were some guys where we were like, okay, we're not going to coach you through this. We're just going to have you get in, notice your response, notice the fact that you're probably going to get in and freak out and it's okay. You're going to be in here for a minute. Nothing bad is going to happen to you, but just kind of notice how you get through it. Mind, body, whatever. From there, we would probably have guys come out if they come back, you know, second, third, fourth times. And then it's like, okay, hey, let's really start to understand what happened based on the first time you did it. How can we do a better job of controlling that response? We might get into a little bit more of the conversations with the breathing mechanics. Okay, how can your breath inform your mind and body that I'm safe, get you ready to do this task, and then have this this tool that you can come back to in the tub that'll make it a little bit more tolerable in terms of directing your focus to something other than how cold it is or how much it hurts. Um, as well as controlling the physiological stress response that your body will be going through. And so we would spend time going through some breathing progressions, making sure guys are using their diaphragm, not up in their shoulders, everything's down low, expanded, um, and really being able to explain like, why would we want to make sure our breath is low? We see guys on the mound all the time, like up in their shoulders, up in their neck, like anatomically, why is that not helpful in terms of breathing and managing a stress response? Um, but then also getting them to feel what it's like to use their breath to change their state. So we'd probably have them start in their nose, out their nose and help them understand that, like, feel how free your body is right now. 
understand how clear your mind is. You can listen to my voice. You understand when your attention's shifting, like this is control. When you can think clearly, move freely, that is what control is. This is the baseline that we're gonna work back towards in that minute. And then we start to amp up the breathing a little bit to try and get their body core a little bit warmer, help them understand that you can also increase the heart rate a little bit, increase that amount of like energy essentially that your body is getting ready to produce and still be in control. And that might happen in the sense of still diaphragmatically, but we're going in the nose, out the mouth now. Like we're priming the body to get ready for a task that it's going to do. And then we start to speed up that progression. Maybe at the end, we'll do a couple of power breaths where it's in the nose, short exhale. You see this like with power lifters all the time. And that's just that thing that gets your mind locked in. I'm ready to go. The body's warm. We get in and now we're trying to just get control. And you'll hear a lot of guys, you know, they first get in the first few breaths are still like a, but eventually you start to get them to, okay, let's smooth out the exhale or extend the exhale. And then they start to work from breathing in their mouth to in their nose, out of their mouth. And then back into their nose is the, is the goal for the end of the minute. But sometimes guys don't even get to just the nose, you know, sometimes it's just about, can I control my breath in the nose, out the mouth? And that's a starting point and we'll work to the nose progression because it, it very much is a skill set. Um, so you prep and prime all this before you're in the tub to like, yeah. to feel and to have the control prior. And then mm-hmm. when you get in the tub, you're working tub, you're working backwards to try and reach that sort of stasis that you had out of the tub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was really cool. There were some guys that after they'd done it a couple of times, like they come out and now they just get in and they just look like they're chilling at a spa. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is great for you in terms of like, you can get control. You know what it feels like the tub isn't as bad for you. And so we'd mix it up. Sometimes we'd pour some ice in there while those guys are just chilling. Like, Hey, this is another just mental thing where you're going to think you're cruising in the game. And there's going to be that thing you didn't expect that shows up for you or, There'd be some guys that they just wake up and they're like, man, Steph, I'm like, I'm gassed today. Like I'm exhausted. And so then we'd figure out, okay, like what kind of breathing is going to be more beneficial for you? And then how do we find that type of control in the tub? On the flip side, we had some guys that would uh, be jicking for the big league game. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm like, okay, so you're super amped up. So we want to really make sure that you can get yourself downshifted a little bit, downregulated. So let's use our breathing to do that. Um, and so we would kind of shift it or shift it based on the needs of the guys as they showed up that day. But we even had some players, man, we had one of our Dominican players who was awesome. He got in there and he was like, my whole goal is to get in there, get enough control so that in the minute I can visualize some of my pitches for my game today. And I'm like, man, his whole point was to get enough control that he could see, like visualize his plan. And he's like, if I don't have control, I can't visualize this clearly. And I'm like, Hey man, that's your process. That works for you. Let's do that. You know, I'd never change that for him if that's what he wanted to do when he got in that minute. But the best part about it was it was only a minute each morning and not even all the guys did it, but it was something that we could come back to or follow up on the field. And they'd come back, you know, the next day and be like, man, I felt this exact same way in the box. Or I felt this exact same way on the mound, but now I knew what to do when I felt that way. And it was like, you know, just a really great basis to get into a lot of other conversations and even to get into other mental skills at some point. But if I can't control my state, if I can't control the stress response, that is oftentimes automatic. How am I going to get to my self-talk, right? Like, how am I going to get to visualizing? How am I going to get to a focal cue? Like I have to be able to manage the state so that I can make the choice to get to those things. So 
I was just going to read. So I was looking as I was researching and, and getting ready for our conversation, you had a post about this in November and it was all about breath work and the bullet points were like enhanced mental clarity, strength and mobility, improved balance, improved recovery, improved digestion, increased energy and endurance and improved detoxification. And then the next sentence just smashed me across the face. And it's like, this is the cost of breathing correctly versus incorrectly. And I think so often we go through life, whether we're talking about athletes or not, and we don't think about it ever. And, and then you read that list and it's like, everybody wants to sign up for that. Yeah. Right. And it, and it is so simple that it's simple, but it's not easy because you have to learn how to do it. Right. You have to learn how to be able to control that. So you kind of answered this, but I'm, I'm curious to know now, now that you're into the season, how have those skills translated to now? Cause I think also oftentimes what happens is yes, yeah, spring training, preseason, off season, all of that stuff is great. We learn these new things. We learn all this stuff. And then we get six or eight weeks into the season and we maybe forget about those things. We don't use well, them. And you're not often. in the tub every morning. Cause you don't you're have the, the kind of freedom or flexibility, right? Your, your maybe staff they are isn't though, right there. Maybe they no, are. I know. We don't know. I know. So that's, um, but, my, but that's my question is how do you guys now help them connect that and keep that connected throughout the season? Yeah. Really great question because honestly it is something that can be a little bit of a challenge and especially at some of our affiliates, like there are at the higher levels, especially triple a double a, we have more access to like, they have tubs, they have hot and cold tubs. Like we can get in a little bit easier. They can utilize that here at the complex with a lot of our guys that are down here and extended or rookie league, like, the complex has the tubs inside. We also have outside tubs, but the biggest barrier we've run into with tubs once everybody broke to affiliates is like, how do we get ice there? Like, how do we make sure that that stays there? Cause sometimes, you know, the trainers need the ice. We can't take that from them. That's clearly important. Um, so that's been the biggest barrier. We're in the process of trying to figure that out right now, but otherwise it's just been a workable thing of if they have access to the tub, there still are quite a few guys that choose to get in maybe not every day, but at least a couple times a week, if they're dragging a little bit, they're like, Hey, I really need this. Um, we still have a lot of guys that'll like at home on their own and their day in a cold shower or start their day in a cold shower. That's how they get going. And it's, it's different, but they understand the concepts of giving themselves something challenging to do still giving themselves something where they have to work in that ability to find control. Um, but it is something that we're still looking to do better. We're trying to order. We're honestly trying to order some tubs uh, so that inflatable tubs so they could take it on the road if they travel, that kind of stuff. It's really been a big part of what we we do that we've adopted really this year. And we're just looking to try and figure out, okay, how can we make this more accessible to more guys? Because it seemed to be such, such a valuable tool for them. Um, but we also follow up with guys to say like, okay, this is a little bit different than the setup we had in spring training how have you adopted or, uh, excuse me, adapted your routines to get yourself ready for the day? And there's been some players who have done a phenomenal job. They figured out what their, their system and process is for the day before they get to the field, when they're at the field, what gets their mind and body ready. And there's honestly a lot of them who will be like, you know, since we left, I've been struggling to figure that out. And that's like, great. That's exactly what we're here for. How do we help figure this out? What do you need? What are you missing? And then we piece something together for them. Can you, can you talk about some of those questions that you're asking when you see a regression? How do you, how do you kind of scaffold back up, right? To, you know, maybe a guy didn't think it was terribly valuable mm -hmm. and that's why they regress. How do you, how do you sort through some of that stuff? Yeah. Also a good question. I think a lot of it comes back to probably 
very similar aspects of coaching. We're just talking about mindset in this instance, yeah. but it's really trying to understand the players of, okay, what about this was useful or maybe not useful for you? What did you feel like was missing? Why was it missing? And trying to really just get their awareness of like, did they just not like it? Did they not find it helpful? Or is it just, they don't have access to it. Do we need to find something else? And it's really that idea of what are they looking for? What are we hoping they would get out of it? Where are those maybe aligned, misaligned? And then can we figure out how to align them to get the player where they want to be? And we would never press anything on a player, but more so being able to provide suggestions or menu of items. That's like, Hey man, this might be helpful for you. Um, you know, you might want to try this out or, Hey, I'll be in town this week. Do you want to try and get an ice tub this day? I'll be there with you. I can coach you through it. Or it's like, Hey, maybe we could do this breath work or this meditation work instead. Um, for some guys, it's just, Hey, do you even carve out time in your day to check in with where am I at today? What do I need? Like, am I feeling sluggish? Am I feeling like amped up really anxious because things haven't been going well and I'm pushing for a result right now? Like, especially in baseball where it's six days a week, you're just grinding through minor leagues, right? It's full days. Like it's really easy to forget to have those windows to check in. And I think we can all agree that like as humans in general, sometimes we don't carve out that time and it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It can be 10 minutes to be like, where am I at right now? How's my mind? How's my body? What do I maybe need to adjust to get it on the right direction or get it moving in the right direction? Well, and that's a little bit of my follow-up question to this. It, like, we all aren't going to jump in a cold tub to learn how to control our stress response, right? I mean, I'm a guy that loves a cold tub, right? Like, I that's something I, I'm jumping in, but I know a lot of people are like, you're crazy, right? Yeah. So how do we do this? Let's zoom out of baseball for a second. How do we as humans do this thing that is like, how do we create a situation that's going to cause us stress early in the morning? So, so that, you know, maybe so that we can practice. It doesn't have to be early in the morning, but you know what I mean? Like, how do we start to think about this in a, in an applicable way as human beings that aren't attached to sport? Yeah. I mean, not to, this might sound a little cliche. I think it's that idea of finding something that is challenging but not just challenging for the sake of challenging without being able to tie it to the purpose of how is this making me better right I think that's where we've found the most progress with the ice tubs or cold tubs specifically is we can really clearly explain to guys why is this physiologically and psychologically going to be beneficial for you when you get into a game or when you're preparing in practice like we can make those connections really clearly. And honestly, for the guys that that connection is not clear for, or they think that there's a better way to do it, they won't get in the tub and that's okay. Um, I think for people in general, it's that idea of, can I do something that makes me uncomfortable and makes me have to work through that process? For some people, I think that could just be the process of getting up early. Like that in itself can make you uncomfortable. You know, for some people it's going to be like, okay, do I get myself to go work out or go on a walk or, you know, there's, there's different types of things, but it's really understanding what benefits you, why does it benefit you? And do I want that benefit? Like, I think if those three things align, it, it can be more or less anything. There are obviously are going to be tools where you can say, I don't know, you can back in more with the science of like, here's why this benefits you from a physiological or psychological standpoint in terms of like, okay, we wake up in the morning, getting outside within 30 minutes of waking up is going to be beneficial for light cycles. And then not going to bed super late or staring at your phone is going to be beneficial, but understanding that like, why are these things going to be beneficial for me? How does that help my mind and body get ready to do what is really important for me today? 
I think the other thing too, that we lack sometimes, certainly I do is the specificity of what I, what I actually want to get out of it. Yes. Okay. I might want to start working out because I want to be healthier. I want to lose weight, whatever, but that isn't specific enough to, to, for me to tie to those things that make me uncomfortable and and get me to do that, you know? And so if it's, Hey, I want to be able to hike further with my wife and, and her family, right. That's pretty specific. Now I can say, okay, this, these are the things, this is how this specific skill or this thing helps me get to, to that. Jamie and I, before you came on, Stephanie, we were just talking about something that you kind of just said. And so Jamie, I'm going to kick it to you here, but it was along the lines of like, what are you willing to, what are people willing to do in that journey? Whatever that journey is, whether it's health and fitness or education or relationship, doesn't matter. What are you willing to do? Not what is available and what, what is in front of you? Yeah. I, so my, my, Jamie, my sister-in-law is also named Jamie, Jamie shout out. She just kind of was like, Hey, I want to, you know, like get in shape again. Right. And we all have this sense where, as we get older, we're like, we're out of, you know, like we, we fall out of shape a little bit. And, um, I just asked her, I'm like, and I've had, I taught high school kids I've taught and everybody's like, make me a workout program to get in shape. And I'm just like, yeah, I did strength and conditioning stuff. I I'm a coach. I do track and field. I do whatever. Like, so everybody thinks I have all the answers. And, and ultimately the thing that I've started coming down to the very first question I ask is what are you willing to do? Because if you are not willing to do it, I could put it, I've made way too many programs for people where I've handed them like, Hey, do this. They do it for six days. And they're like, yeah, cool. That was nice that you made that but it didn't ever do anything for me. And the reason was they didn't like the things that were on the list. You know, like I I don't enjoy this thing. Like I told John, I said, if I'm going to make you a workout program, I'm not going to tell you to go run four miles, right? I'm not going to tell you to run three miles. Like that's not something you're ever going to choose to do with consistency. You might do it once or twice, but you're not going to do it over and over and over again. So let's talk about some mental skill things that you might kind of that menu that you were talking about for your athletes. Like what are some things that you can even think about to start to look into, to say, well, I'd be willing to do that. Cause when you say visualization, not everybody's willing to do visualization. When you say meditation, not everybody's willing to do meditation. You say breath work. Some people might say, oh yeah, that's, that's the option for me. So what sort of things, what's the spectrum of stuff that you guys are working on? Big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a big question. I think the spectrum, I mean, man, the spectrum, if you really, we can zoom all the way out. And I think it comes back to like, do you know yourself well enough to understand what's aligned with what you truly want? And do you know what's not aligned with that? And I think that what we don't understand as humans all the time is where, what we really want, we can really want it, but there's also going to be elements of that along the way where like our mind and body is going to have to give up. Well, first we're going to have to give up things. We're going to have to sacrifice things, or we're going to have to do things that we don't typically do, right? Like we're going to have to change something in order to make that happen because otherwise it probably would have already been happening. Um, so that element of like, there's going to be some dissonance, some change, some discomfort of doing something different. And so I think in knowing that when there's some type of difference or uncertainty, As humans, our nervous system is wired to protect us from that. It wants certainty. It wants this guarantee all the time. And so there's going to be things that our mind and body naturally does that's going to try to protect us or keep us comfortable. And like, are you sure we need to do that? I don't know if we need to do that. We haven't done that before. Or this seems unfamiliar. Are we sure we're going to do this thing, right? Um, 
And so I know I'm still kind of talking abstract with it, but I think it's trying to understand how much do you really want this thing? Do you understand the cost it, it, it takes? Like, why do you want this thing really? What's the reward? What's the cost of not doing it for me? And then what are all the things that I'm willing to invest into it? Which is, I love that you asked that question first, because the truth is you can want it, but if you're not willing to invest, you really want it. And so I think it's that idea. And I obviously have a very specific context in terms of baseball here, but I think for the most part, every player here can say that they want They want to play in the big leagues. They want to have a long career there. Okay. Why do you want that? You know, what are you willing to do to get there? And if you don't do some of these things or find something that works for you, what is the consequence? And the reality is that there's as much as there is guys who might push back at times and not want to do certain things that we think could be really beneficial. There's also a ton of guys who will do absolutely anything and everything because they're just like, I need something to work. And you have to understand like, sometimes that's not aligned either. Right. We get those cases of, man, Hey, I'm really, I do the breath work for an hour every day. I'm really strict with my routine and like, I'm still in high A. Why? You know? And it's like, man, okay. We have to sit and reevaluate these things that like, maybe that's not what's getting there. Is it the intent behind it? Is it what you're actually doing? Is it how it's being used? Like we really can deep dive that and try to figure out what it is. I don't know if I fully answered your question. No, but I I love this zoom out first, right? John mentioned Hannah Huseman, who's right in your work. Also the title of her episode is self-awareness is the first step, right? We have to be able, like, I don't care about what the menu is. If you don't have a sense and an understanding of who you are and what kind of makes you tick and what triggers you. I, I was thinking about this quote and I was trying to find a, specific link to it. I can't remember who said it. John's a little bit surprised because usually these things just come out, but it's this idea that what we want most is often sacrificed for what we want most right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the right now is more important than the most, you know? And sometimes I think about the guy that does all of the stuff, right. All of the things and is just completely disciplined and super like in it. Well, you're just doing what's prescribed for you and it might not work for you. And the thing that might be needed is you might just need to dial in on one skill and really make that an elite trait rather than have all of these skills be sixes, you know, like go and find something that you're a nine or a 10 at, you know? And like, I mean, Greg Maddox wasn't, he didn't hurl, rocket fire right he just had unbelievable location like so yeah. he could he could locate the ball better than anybody in the history of the game and he has a hall of fame career and get, get one thing that you're really good at sometimes and so i love that idea that zoom way out and ask yourself like okay what is the thing that i want most because there are going to be a lot of right nows coming mm-hmm. where you have to make that decision is that actually what i want most right because sometimes sleep feels really good right? That's what you want most right now is just to stay in bed. And that's okay. It's a perfectly okay thing, but you might be sacrificing this other thing that you say you want a lot, right? Like I just, I'm, I'm so curious about, about that with people generally. And that's just a huge conversation, but that is, that is a really cool place to start. And I think it's a wonderful challenge. Um, so, so yes, you did answer it. And I did not have a question anywhere in there. <laughs> no, I think one thing that you did say though is about like the right nows, right? And I think that a lot of times our mind and body, well, maybe more so our body, but like we're wired in the right now. We pay attention probably more to the right now 
but our superpower as humans is that we do have the ability to have perspective and zoom out and look at, okay, what is down the road? You know, there's not a lot of other creatures that can say that they have that ability to plan in that way. And so it's just, how do I access that perspective more consistently? So in our conversations leading up to actually having you on, that was one of the things that kind of came up was the, that skill of zooming in and zooming out. And we've kind of touched on it a few times here and it's come up. So maybe just talk a little bit about that and how you work with athletes or people on that skill of perspective and, and how to implement that into whatever they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think, I think as people, we generally zoom in and out pretty naturally. It's just, can we do it in a way that's strategic for what we actually want? You know, I think there's times where we, we tend to get very future focused and worried about what the future holds, or we get really excited about what might be happening in the future. Uh, we can also tend to have that like zoom in of what's happening right now. And there's a time and place for that too. So I don't think it's like a, you know, it's never that battle of like, what's better or worse, which lens do I need to view it? And it's just understanding strategically, when do I put which lens on? And so I think that that's why, honestly, as mental skills coaches, as coaches in general, that's why we're there to be really helpful for players, right. Is help give them that perspective, but help teach themselves that perspective in a lot of ways too, of, okay, when do I need to be zoomed in right here, right now? Um, you know, we talk to our players all the time about playing pitch to pitch, like one pitch at a time. How do we do that? Like that is a skill being able to focus and get yourself there, but then also having the time and place of like, when do I need to zoom out and understand why am I doing this? What do I maybe need to adjust? And I think that it depends on the system that's in place. Right. And we talk, we did talk a little bit about systems before we actually got on here, but do the systems in place help direct me to those perspectives and also provide me with the skills of how to zoom in and out more effectively. Um, I think a lot of it can be as simple as the people that you surround yourself with. But I also think like when I, one of the best things about me being able to be here in the Mariners, I do really believe in the systems that we have in place and you know, the different types of analytics that we utilize to say, Hey, this is how you did last night. Good, bad, and different, whatever, but here's the info for it. And also here's how we use this to understand where we need to make improvements in the future, what we need to maintain going forward. And I think that like that, the biggest thing is what evidences are we coming back to, to say that this is working, this is not working. Why or why not? And it's, essentially more evidence is an awareness tool, right? Are there things that keep bringing me back to understand this is what's happening now, but also this is what's happening in the future or what I want to happen in the future. What skills and strategies can I use to make those things align more and more each day? You talk about systems and this is one of, I love it, right? I, there's a Craig Rochelle quote that says you, you have systems either by design or by default, but you have systems, you have systems in place. And then the wooden quote, I love this, right? you form habits and then they form you. Right. And so like, to me, this is this idea of systems, right? You, you are doing something mm -hmm. either consciously or unconsciously. And this brings, you know, you just said we have metrics, we have tools, we have evaluation tools, brings us back to the very first episode of this podcast, right? Intentional measured, difficult feedback, right? The Canders Erickson kind of deliberate practice model. So let's get intentional about our systems. Let's have ways to measure it. Let's make sure that it's challenging us and let's put people in place that are going to give us some feedback in that process. When you talk about systems, people might hear that and think really mechanical. How do you guys maintain flexibility within the system? Because 
you know, as coaches, I think we can get super control oriented. Like Mm -hmm. this is the system and this is how it works. But I think about people and that just doesn't work, (laughs) you know, like when you have a broad spectrum of people. Yeah. I think the system, well, I, first, I guess it depends on what is the intent of the system, but I would say in the sense of like how we try to set it up and how I think is, can be most useful to set up is really like, what is the ways that, and I don't know a better phrase right now, other than like the user, the player, the client, whatever, like how can they teach themselves what's going on? Right. Like, does the, can we set up the environment so that they have the tools and they kind of have to learn how to use them. And it's going to require a little bit of trial and error, but there should be clarity on when it's working, how is it working? Um, I think there's a lot of things that require that, that transparency and truth telling a little bit of like, this is how it's going. This is what's going on. But I think the most effective thing about systems too, is understanding like, what is the role? And then, you know, what is the core foundation that we're coming back to? So trying to like not talk too abstractly here, but for us in the Mariners, right? Like we have a key principle of like, this is what our organization is all about. This is the philosophy we believe in that will make the best baseball players in the MLB. And then we break that down of, okay, like what does it take to do this really, really well? Okay. From the hitting side, it takes doing this from the pitching side, it takes this. Right. So like, if we can start to separate that, then we understand that like, okay, this is the philosophy we're always going to bring it back to. And whether I'm a mental skills coach, I'm a hitting coach, I'm a pitching coach, I'm a catching coach, like everything comes back to how do we help do these things better? And then we create the environment that helps teach the player these things. So they're getting some of that objective feedback from the environment itself, some subjective feedback, maybe from the coaches and I guess support staff that are there to help them do that. And it's, essentially a whole system geared around being able to help them teach themselves how to do it better while also providing strategies to say, this is what the evidence is showing us. This is what I'm seeing. Where do those things align? What do you think of it? You know? And so that's like the system to me helps teach, but it also helps simplify. Yeah. I love it though. Like I love it. Right. Yes. And no, I I thought you did an excellent job of, explaining that in and and you might have to rewind that and listen to it again because there's a lot in there right but no but I I thought you did a good job of making that concise and and accessible for all of our listeners because obviously in your organization it's there's a complexity that it's hard to understand outside of that right so um but I think what you're talking about is right is is being able to 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 pyramid down right at you start with one conceptual idea and then you have to break apart the pieces of that idea into smaller pieces and then smaller pieces and smaller pieces. And so like, and to me, simplicity is crucial, right? So when you talk about letting them teach themselves, so at each layer, each part, you have to be simple enough that people can learn it on their own. Right. And then you create the experiential learning, you know, I kind of tie all back to the beginning, right. Create the experiences so that they can, pull those pieces into practice when it matters the most, you know, game time on the big stage and late innings or whatever. Yeah. And to try and add a little bit more clarity to it, because I know that like teach themselves can sound a little bit maybe confusing or still kind of like abstract, not a lot of clarity on what that really means. But I think 
what it means is it's not like, okay, we're just going to send this hitter in the cage and we're going to give him these pitches and he's going to figure it out. You know, like at some point, maybe it is about that, but it's like, okay, we can break it down that like he does have to have a swing that can do damage to a baseball, right? There are going to be certain characteristics or metrics of this swing that we find are going to like be able to have him have a consistent launch angle, exit below, et cetera. You know, um, from there though, what's the other component? Well, we want to make sure that he's swinging at pitches that he can do damage to. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, well then how do we want to make sure that he's like, how is he going to get better at making a swing decisions? Well, okay. We want to be able to work on the mental side of it. How does he give himself control or how does he, what's his focal point between pitches? How does he reset? How does he make sure he's not taking one pitch with him to the next pitch, whatever it might be. And then you start to then like, okay, now we're going to compete a little bit. Like let's make a competition out of it. So now he's got to like, let those things come together and he's going to figure out like, well, is it more the mental side of it? Is it more the mechanical side of it? And there's elements of that, that we can't tell him. Like, I can't tell you mentally you were doing this, but I can rely on him to say, you know, I think I was probably doing this, or I know I was for sure doing this. How do I adjust it? And we go from there and then it builds on those layers of how they come together. And so it's, it's more so going from how do we go from the mechanics of thinking or moving or swinging, throwing, whatever it might be. And then getting to the point where those things align, can the system teach me how to bring those things together and compete and trust and figure out what I'm doing well, what I'm not doing. Um, and what do I need to go back and revise? So that's kind of what I mean about let the environment teach is like, there is going to be moments where we're hands-on directing, like guiding them through that process, but there's always going to be a moment or should always be a moment in coaching where we say, okay, see how it plays out. Like, let's just go compete now. Let's see where the skills at right now. And then it comes, it comes together. And I think about it from a teaching lens, right? I was a teacher for a long time, right? Direct instruction, right? I'm teaching, I'm giving you input, content, whatever it is. Then we go to guided practice. Then we go to independent practice and we probably cycle back through those things. And then it's assessment time, right? Well, what's the assessment? The assessment's a game, right? What do you get after an assessment? You get a grade, you get some sort of feedback, you get some sort of measurement. And if it's not, and this is my challenge to teachers out there, don't just move on to the next content piece, right? If we're not there, cycle back, do it again, right? That's the beauty of sports is like, there are only so many skills you need, right? We like, you better be able to do damage to a baseball. If you can't do that, we like, we're wasting our time on the front end. So let's make sure you can do damage to a baseball. Now let's do some guided practice, some independent learning, some specific direct instruction, Let's put it on the table, go assess it, go see how it works, come back, do it again, you know, like continue to cycle through that process. I think it's a beautiful thing that, you know, like it just, the cycle speeds up as you get better. Right. So instead of it being, you know, once every 10 days you check in because you're just kind of floating and you're not terribly certain you might check in after every pitch because you're that good that you can control it, you know, and like the spectrum there is giant also, right. You can, you know, yeah. uh, the better you get at it, the more confidence you get, the more consistently you're going to do it. It, it becomes think, more and more powerful for you. I think that's where like the simplicity comes in too, right? Is like you take this thing that can be really complex and over time, the system in place helps the players or person that we're talking about develop the skill set so that they've taken the complex and earned the right to make it simple. You know, and our job as coaches is we're always working towards this simplicity. Like it's always this foundation but we understand that we're going to have to untangle it. We're going to have to work through some things because it's going to seem complicated at first, but we'll help you unpack it, sharpen the skill sets and eventually get back to like, no, this is simple. And you'll see guys, that's like those aha moments when they put it together. It's like, 
oh, okay, that gear's running smoothly now. Now it's the next one. Okay, okay. And then all of a sudden you have a well-oiled machine that's, it's going, you know? Oh man, I, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. There's a ton in this episode and I know that I have a ton of more questions and Jamie, I know I can see his brain twisting. So maybe we'll have to have you back on sometime to uh, do a part two, but really appreciate you coming on and giving real tangible stuff. I mean, that's, that's always our goal is to give our listeners something that they can take away and say, okay, I can start doing this now today to make myself better. So appreciate you doing that for us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's cool to hear about some of the work you guys are doing and where a lot of the stuff we're doing probably aligns. Um, yeah, it's been great to have the conversation with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys. So we covered this in the wrap up there, but clearly we have more to talk with Stephanie about this, this episode, Jamie jam packed with, with stuff, tangible, abstract, the whole gamut of things. What stood out to you as some takeaways in terms of. I I think about, and maybe we chat a little bit about this off air, but having breath being the control agent is really fascinating to me as like, so when she's talking about the cold tubs, right? It's just the capacity to get your response under control. And when I think about mental skill development, right? What we do with athletes is really boiled down to that in a nutshell. Can you control the moment, right? Mentally, emotionally, physically. Well, we spend a ton of time training the physical, right? We don't spend much time training the mental or the emotional. And we need to put ourselves in situations to do that. And well, and you I, know, I try to go ahead. We didn't get into it today, but there's, you know, the, she has some stuff out there too, and it's not hers explicitly, but you know, the difference is reaction versus response. Right. And yeah. like you just said, it, it, most of the time we are in a state of, we are reacting to a stressor, a situation of something, and we aren't in control. We're just reacting to it either subconsciously or automatically and getting to the point where we can choose our response. Right. And you talk about that breath being the control agent is getting you to that spot where you, you get to choose what your response is going to be to that thing. Yeah. Rather than it being it all, the breath is always a trigger to calm down. It doesn't have to be right. The breath might be a trigger to engage, right? It might be a trigger to get into the zone in the moment. And I, I really like that idea for me personally. And, and with the groups that I'm working with, I think that's going to be hugely beneficial, but I just think about it on an individual level, right? Not, it doesn't have to be breath. It's just, are you aware of your response and is it automatic or are you in control of it? It's a great, it's a great point. We appreciate you joining us, Jamie. Uh, awesome conversation. We're both already looking forward to when we can have Stephanie back. Cause we have seven more topics that we want to talk to her about. And um, we appreciate her joining us and you as listeners, we couldn't do it without you. So um, keep hitting us up. If you have people that you would like to have us talk to that you're interested in their story or their skills or along those lines uh we're on twitter our emails eyesupmindset at gmail.com send us a message we love hearing from you and with that said as always live eyes up 